happy day, everyone. Whether you're listening to this on Monday when it's dropped or any other day during the week, I hope that you feel good today. And if not, I guarantee, well, I won't guarantee, but you have an opportunity to feel good as you listen to this guest of mine today. I met Kelly when we were both working um, a direct sales company together. She was a leader of the team that we were on, and we went to Nashville together for sort of our um, summit where everyone in the company gathers and, you know, it's all the rah, rah, rah stuff. But we connected so much on that trip. She is so funny, totally understands my humor, which is just like golden in my eyes. And um, she's just really, really empowering and encouraging. And I always feel fired up after I talk to her. And I hope that you're able to um, take some nuggets away from this episode and, you know, start to do some self-reflection. And um, one thing that I love about Kelly is something, you know, she talks about how she does so many has done so many things throughout her life, you know, different careers, different ventures and everything. But one thing that has stayed true is she really has a deep desire and passion to helping people become more confident in who they are. And she has created a community. It's called Fearless Girl, like fearless, but fearless. Um, And it's fantastic. And she has so many incredible resources and opportunities for people to join in and to um, start to grow and gain confidence. And so I encourage you all to check out any of her things. You can follow her on Instagram at fearlessgirl. Oh my gosh. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) Kelly, don't kill me. (laughs) I'll put it in the show notes, okay? And I'll be sure to post it. But... I'm not editing this out, you guys. I never edit my intros because I'm just speaking as I go. Anyway, enough about me. Let's get to my guest. This is What's Your Story, Kelly. So, (laughs) I'm going to ask questions. If you don't want to answer them, you can plead the fifth. I'm just kidding. I'm all hard pass the whole time. That's all the podcast. No, no, you know I'll keep it real. You're like, mm, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. Um, yeah. But I well, always I, start off by asking, oh, what? what? No, go ahead, because I know what you're about to ask. Oh, I always start off asking the same question. <laughs> What's your earliest memory? Okay, so first of all, I think it's fascinating that you ask this question. Do you know why I asked the question? I I didn't know why, but now I have a theory and you tell me if this is accurate, but I feel like our earliest memory is kind of like, kind of a definer of our life. Like it can really like, um, just when I'll just share my earliest memory and I'll share why I think that. Um, so some of my earliest memories have to do with looks. So like as a little girl, I'll be honest, I was a pretty cute little girl. (laughs) And, um, and, (laughs) 
And like, I, um, but you know, my parents are, they were divorced when I was 18 months old. I don't have a lot of memories of that. Um, but I have memories of, you know, um, being at my grandma's house and like my aunt put on mascara and, um, maybe blush or something. And I wore these like plastic little heels around and I felt amazing. <laughs> like I was like, I like this. And, um, and I do remember getting attention from my dad, um, about, you know, like, oh, you know, just that I was cute. And now looking back, I'm like, I, I feel like the relationship that, um, when it comes to your parents, the one that is a little lacking is usually the one that you're seeking the most, you know? And so I'm like, no wonder I have always really emphasized like beauty in my looks because that was what I was seeking, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, that was, I wanted that attention from my dad, you know? So when you asked that, I was like, whoa, epiphany here, you know? <laughs> and yeah. it's fascinating because Joelle, you and I know each other because we were in the fitness coaching industry for a while. And that was a phase of my life that I don't really love because I feel like it was very ego-based. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at my old Instagram posts from that time, a lot of it was a little arrogant and kind mm -hmm. of ego. And, um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's just interesting that that was like my earliest memory and it has like bled into my entire 41 years of life, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's so fascinating. I ask that because I feel like our earliest memories are just so indicative of who we are, you know, whether we have constant struggles, like maybe there's a theme of like a constant struggle throughout our life. Um, or like you said, like something we're lacking or something that we're chasing. Mm -hmm. Um, that's interesting. And yeah, I, I mean, I was like, mm -hmm, about when you were like, my posts were ego based. I didn't mean that yours were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was they like, were. <laughs> no, but I yeah, you were several, a little much. Let's, let's be honest, Joel. I literally, my sister unfollowed me. Like oh my, my own sister, who's one of my best friends, like couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have been there, you know, like, I, I honestly, I get so much secondhand embarrassment for myself when I look at some posts. So I'm like, I don't blame anyone if you didn't follow me during that period of my life. It's okay, guys. We get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and, um, but I will say that some of those things helped me get, you know, fitness and even like yeah. getting ready for the date. Those are some of the things that have helped me um, to just feel good about myself and like be more confident. And so yeah. I don't think those things are necessarily bad. Um, yeah. and I'll be honest, I'm an Enneagram three, which Enneagram threes value appearances. And so I'm not going to shame myself for it because it's, 
it is a priority and so sue me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just, I just want to look good and I like things to be pretty like, and I'm, yeah. and I own it, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And it's not like you're the type of person who like, like, look at me right now. <laughs> like I was just out in the garden and you're like gorgeous, like makeup, like you're not judging me. You're not like, Oh, no. well, no. you should have been ready. <laughs> no, it's just it's honestly, something you love. It's how it makes me like fashion and those things is how it makes me feel. And that's, yeah. I think that's huge, you know, is doing the things that make you feel good. I used to always say like, look good, feel good, do good. And I, that's ultimately what I want is to do good. When we did do um, the fitness coaching together, I felt so confident, like being near you. And I think that's what really made me want to stay with it because you just have this energy about you and this light and this gift. I really think it's a gift that you have where you're able to bring out, you know, the good in someone you see, you know, the diamond and we just see ourselves as like the lump of coal. (laughs) And so I love that, like, you can, you know, like push us in these little ways. Like I love taking, um, the confidence course that you ran, um, I never delete those posts <laughs> when they pop oh, up on my time. I'm like, oh, I love that. I love and it's that. just, it's so beautiful. And I think, you know, I was definitely meant to meet you at the time that I needed to, mm-hmm. um, because it just helped me. And it really started, you know, it planted that seed of like, okay, like it's okay to be myself. It's okay to not want to do certain things that maybe other people find joy in if I don't find joy in it, you know? Yes. It's okay for me to start this podcast, even though like I'm sitting alone in my house right now. I'm not an editor. (laughs) I just found this free app that I can do it on, but it gave me, you know, I felt confident. Like, I don't care if people listen to it. I find joy doing this. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you have, Joelle, I've told you this before, but you have the most calm voice in the whole wide world. (laughs) I love listening to your voice. Like... I think that's part of why your podcast is successful is I love living, listening to your voice. And I love that you bring out these stories. I mean, I don't know that I've shared, like you're pulling stories out of people that they probably haven't talked about in a long time. I don't know that I've shared that story like ever. Yeah. So yeah. good job, Joelle. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and then, but you're right. Like we all, sh- I call it shooting yourself, like stop shooting yourself. <laughs> because we like, I hate the word should, I really try not to use it in with myself or even my kids or even my friends where you're like, you know what, you should do this or you should try this or whatever. It's like, because then cue the guilt, right? Yeah. Yeah. The guilt, cue the pressure, cue the anxiety. When we hear that word should, it's like, oh my gosh, well I should, because like, that's what everyone else is doing. And because you know, that's what other moms do or whatever. And it's like, guess what? There's no rules. You can do yeah, whatever yeah. the heck you want. You know, yeah. <laughs> you got to do what feels good to you because when you feel good, you do good. And we need more of that in the universe. Absolutely. All right. Podcast over. <laughs> okay. <my job. laughs>
how did you get here? Like, how did you find the drive? Where do you think your drive comes from? Like, were your parents entrepreneurs? Like, did they? So your parents split up when you were 18 months old. Yeah. And did you see them both regularly or like? I saw my dad in the summers uh, and my stepmom. Where where were you born? So I was born in Rexburg, Idaho. (laughs) Oh, I don't think I knew that. I thought you were always born in Utah. No, I was born there. That's where my parents met was at Rick's College, which is BYU-Idaho now. Yeah. Um, and they were in an art class, which explains my artistic side. All which, right. Now really we got like, that. Okay. Right. I really like them to be aesthetically, you know, visually pleasing. Again, I own it. Um, but, <laughs> but um, they, yeah. So I would, I lived with my mom in Utah during the school year, and then I would visit my dad for six weeks in the summer. So, um, but you know, my mom and my stepmom were both entrepreneurs. So that was kind of cool to see. My mom worked at diet center. It's kind of funny. She was in like the, you know, health industry as well. Um, and I remember watching her go to these conferences with like other women. I remember seeing, not watching, but seeing pictures of that and being like, I want to do that. That looks cool. Um, and then my stepmom ran a huge daycare, um, with like 50 kids in it and she was a girl boss, you know, they were both, um, girl bosses. And so that was just kind of what I saw, you know, cause my mom was a single mom for a while. My dad remarried quickly. Um, and so, yeah. And, and we grew up really poor. Like my mom lived in a trailer court and, um, we, you know, I got the free school lunches. Um, I remember wanting to take dance lessons and my mom was like, well, you're going to have to pay for it yourself. You know? And I was like 10 or 12 (laughs) and I was like, okay. So I babysat (laughs) and (laughs) paid for it. Um, paid for one month like 30 bucks for one month. And then I was like, all right, that's all I could afford. So I had one month of dance lessons. <laughs> you know, I feel like kids who grow up in struggle are fighters because we mm-hmm. are tra- fighting to survive. Um, and so I think that's part of what molded me and shaped me was the struggle of always being financially, um, you know, poor and um, so yeah, I mean, even in first grade, I remember my first grade teacher, what such a sweetheart, she was going to bind everybody's books, like our creative writing books. And she loved mine, but I was like, well, I can't afford to bind it. So she paid for it. So sweet, just little things like that. Um, and, and then of course, when, and I put myself through college, like with Pell Grants and, you know, worked at a pizza place where I met Matt, my husband and I both had student loan debt when we met. So we started off in debt, um, when we got married and then he went to, um, law school and got, you know, hundreds of thousands more dollars of debt. <laughs> and so 
that was fun. Um, and then, and, and so we were on food stamps during law school and WIC and, um, just living paycheck to paycheck, racking up those credit card bills, all the things, um, eventually lived with, moved back to Utah. I said, I will never move back to Utah and I will never live with my mother. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I adore my mom, but you yeah. know, like nobody wants to move back home when you have like four kids. And that's what we did. We moved into my mom's basement apartment and my baby slept under the stairs like Harry Potter in a little crib. Aww. And my other kids all shared a room together um, in this two bedroom apartment, but it was fine. Like, you know, we yeah. survived. It wasn't like this horrible thing. It was great. Like we had a great time. Um, and that was when I started this photography school and magazine with my husband. He, he hated his job. I loved working and Matt hated working <laughs> and we kept fighting. We, I remember being like, no, no, mom, stay at home. Dad's work. Like we fought that for years, but I wanted to work. I love working. And Matt didn't. every job he had, he hated. So finally, yeah. um, he quit his law job and it was when I had my baby, we were like, Hmm, let's go on a really long maternity pater and paternity leave and just start a business. And so I was already doing photography and like mentoring women, how to be photographers, um, with Francie pants Academy. That's what it was oh, called. Right. And, um, and then we started this business called chic critique and it was a photography school and magazine together. And that was a fun adventure. Um, and eventually we sold it. And that's when I got into, you know, multi-level marketing. Uh, yeah. And did that for a few years. I don't know if you want like the whole <laughs> timeline. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to pause you there because I love so much of your story already. Um, you know, I totally agree with growing up in financial hardship. You have to fight for those things. It just sort of like comes naturally to you. Yeah. My husband has a really similar story and he's someone that I look at and I'm, he has an idea. He thinks it through and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then he does it. And for me, I'm like, what? <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I have so many ideas, but I don't have that like drive to do it or follow through so I'm just like eh, yeah that's a cool idea not gonna do it <laughs> but <laughs> but it's great to think about yeah um so I love that and then I also love one that you're like I'm never moving back to Utah I'm never living with my mom <laughs> I don't think anyone like <laughs> exactly never um <laughs> but we had a similar situation where you know we were poor and so we had to live with Steven's mom for several years. And, you know, your kids don't care. No. They don't care at all. And so it's so funny because, like, we're actually going through a financial struggle at this moment. And so we've had to tell our kids, like, you know, right now we can't afford to do that. And they're like, oh, it sucks being poor. And I'm like, we're not even poor. Like, you guys don't realize 
for the past like five years, we were poor. Right. <laughs> Did you realize we were poor back then? You're like, no, like exactly. Right. You just can't yeah. order in sushi tonight. Like relax. <laughs> it's funny. Well, okay. First of all, back up. Um, well, it's funny what kids think is poor. Like my son was like, I know. I always thought rich people had um, microwave popcorn. And so when we bought some, I was like, <laughs> we made it. We're rich now. We have microwave popcorn. So <laughs> Like, I think they just oh my gosh things. I feel like <laughs> yeah I know we use um the stovetop one what's it called oh, yeah, yeah 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 it's so good it tastes like You're movie so theater popcorn, but like I know <laughs> that's like rich people popcorn that's totally oh my gosh but yeah, when I was growing up, we lived in, we also lived with, um, when my mom and my stepdad got married, we lived in a two bedroom apartment and there were five kids. So there was oh my. a bunk bed and a twin bed, five kids in one room. Cause, um, the, his step, his kids, which were my, um, step siblings would come visit on the weekends. And we thought it was a party. Sweet. There's five kids in the room, you know? Yeah. They don't care. It was whatever. Yeah. I love that you, you know, recognize that it really doesn't matter. There doesn't have to be like one fit role for the mom, you know, and one for the dad. You recognized in your relationship, this isn't working. I don't like this dynamic. Let's play to our strengths. I like working. You don't, you stay home. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I feel like when we embrace our strengths, when we focus on our strengths instead of our weaknesses, that's when we have success. That's when we live a more meaningful life. And so it was like, hey, like, let's just embrace this, you know? And then yeah. when we did it, it was like, oh, this is working out great, you know? And you do it until it works well for you. So when I got in multi level marketing, um, I, let me just continue the journey. (laughs) So I I was about to say that was an awesome segue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go on. So when I got into, um, I did that for a a few years and then I (laughs) bought a t-shirt company randomly. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I bought a graphic, a chic graphic tee company called Style Lately. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell t-shirts, even though I have zero, uh, like experience in the retail world. And that didn't work so well. I didn't make hardly any money. So, um, but I told myself, I'm never, ever going to do direct sales again. (laughs) Remember what I said about never? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, and then like an opportunity came and I, um, and we were struggling financially. So I was like, you know what, let's go. Like, and part of it is because I had seen friends kill it in the industry. And so I knew it was possible. You know, I had that vision. Like, I feel like vision is huge. Um, like you were saying with your husband, he has, he, he can see it. If you can visualize, like you can make it happen. And so I had that vision and sometimes we need people to inspire us. So I, yeah, I knew people, I had friends who were making like six and seven figures in this, in the, you know, MLM direct sales industry. And so I knew it was possible. So, um, I jumped in and, 
and ran with it um, and was able to retire my husband. And you know what's funny, Joel, is guess what? He just started a job a couple. So he was retired for like four years. Um, And that was great. That was a blessing for our family um, because I had a lot on my shoulders and a big old team and stuff. And so I needed that extra help. Um, and I will say I've always worked from home and that's been a big priority. So I, I loved working, but I loved working. I wanted it to be from home, but now he, um, just recently got a job working with his best friend and, um, he, it was perfect timing. So, you know, like things work out like timing and things work out as they should, you know, he was, all our kids are in school. It's like, he needed something to do now and the the whole pandemic is over um or not really but <laughs> our kids are like maybe for you guys in the states not for us here it's not it's not i i i guess i meant my kids are back in school which yeah. was rough they were not for like almost two years so um he now needed to find something that brought meaning to his life and so now he is you know so that's awesome never again it's like what works now might not work later. And like, sometimes we just have to embrace the path that is before us. And that even though it's not what we, it's, I had these women, um, these older women, you know, come to my house, um, and share They're from church and they were sharing like just some inspirational messages and they were, and I was, I remember I was three, I was, I had three kids. I was fully pregnant with baby number four. And I started sobbing to them and they were like, like, what's going on? And I was like, I can't even handle these three kids. How in the world am I going to handle a baby number four? And they were like, listen, life is not like the brochure. And I loved that so much. Like they were like, it's not like the visual, the pamphlet that we had in our head that you know, it's not like the Pinterest pictures or the Instagram speed. It is so messy. And sometimes the vision that we have in our head is very different than what the path that, you know, God wants us to be on. And sometimes we just have to like, let go and let God and just embrace that path, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love this other quote that sort of goes on. I think it refers to like people, like there's a, people come into your life for a time, a season or a reason. Yeah. And I feel like that's just like in general, like, you know, I know a lot of young moms who are struggling who are like going to church or like doing, you know, church related activities at home is just not for me at this time in my life. And I'm like, yeah. okay, who cares? <laughs> like, Yeah. Right. Be in the moment you know, and I love that with Matt, you know, he went from hating his job, you know, not wanting to work. And then eventually, you know, like you were able to retire him and now he's found something that he loves to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, maybe it's not necessarily about the money. You know, I feel like so many people are stuck in these jobs because they feel like I have to, this is just life. You work a job that you hate and then you die you know, (laughs) it's sad, but like, that's the mentality. No, it's true. Even my, my, um, my 14 year old was like, 
what's the point of life? You're just going to go to school, go to college, get a job you hate to like feed your kids. And I was like, uh, no, that's not the point. That, please no. Like, yeah. you, you're never stuck. That's something I've always said to my kids. Like you're never stuck. You can always opt out. You can always change your mind. You can always start over. You're, yeah. you're never stuck. I love that. You're never stuck. And I think that's great because it really puts the accountability back on us. You yeah. know, we I, are responsible. We have that power to shape how we want our lives to go. Even though sometimes it may feel like there's just too many external forces, you know, at play that would not make it happen. Yeah. There's always a way. Yeah. And I think that's why I love your story because you've always found a way, you know? Yes. You like, bought this t-shirt company and it wasn't successful. Why, why are you laughing? I think it's wonderful. I love it. I love so that you take these risks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing you just like, it's like, for me, it's like, I'm just going to try and see what happens. And yeah. sometimes it's like, huh, that didn't work out. But what happens is people are like, I'm a failure. That didn't yeah. work out. Therefore, I am a failure. And it's like, no, that didn't work out because they had zero experience in the retail industry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. But it did work out in that I learned a lot from that. And I used those experiences as a stepping stone or as a, a rung on the ladder to the next, to get myself to the next level. So I don't yeah. look at failure as failure. I look at failure as feedback. Ooh. Okay, Oprah. <laughs> Doing direct sales has been such a blessing for me in that it took me out of survival mode and put me in a place where I can give back. And so I am extremely passionate about helping women increase confidence and love themselves so that they can pass it on so that they can give back so that they can, um, teach their children to love themselves. It is so heartbreaking, like just to hear what women say about themselves in a day. You know, I talk a lot yeah. about drop kick your inner mean girl and we all have one. She's not going anywhere, but we have to learn how to have confidence. And my definition of confidence is having a loving relationship with yourself. And a lot of people haven't invested time in that or learned how to you know, enjoy yeah. being with themselves and haven't learned how to talk nicely to themselves the way that they talk to their best friend. And so that's something that I am working hard to encourage in the world. So I have, you know, my podcast, Fearless Girl podcast that I launched this year. Um, I'm working on a confidence course that will be available next year that I'm super stoked about. Um, and eventually we'll write a book. <laughs> yeah. 
because I just want, I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I just want, I just feel like the world needs this right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I mean, I never really ever thought about confidence in myself. I know I always lacked it. Um, but what really did it for me was having a daughter, you know, and like, just thinking about, will my daughter ever go through the things that I went through, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like as a young, like youth, like a teenager, just the thoughts that you have about yourself and constantly comparing yourself. It's so ugly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my daughter better not like think that she's amazing. Right. Right. Because we see the potential in our loved ones and in others. And it's like, we got, you know, we're trying to help them see it in themselves. Absolutely. And we are their biggest role models. Like you go back to the very beginning of the podcast, you looked at your mom and your stepmom as these strong, confident women who were doing, you know, something that they enjoyed and helping others and establishing sort of like a life for themselves or like another identity to themselves. And, you know, that obviously had a great impact on you. So Mm -hmm. if we're, you know, being like, oh, I'm just a stay at home mom, you know, or I'm so fat and ugly, like, yeah, that's and your, your, your kids look at you and they think this is like the most wonderful woman in the world who's saying this. So then I obviously must not be that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the words that we say to them, um, you know, have a huge effect too. So yeah. we have to be careful, you know, to focus more on, I just, um, I have a podcast coming out about this, like focusing less on their flaws and more on their strengths. You know, it's easy. I literally went live and talked about this. Like, it's so easy to focus on our kids' flaws because I'm a fixer. And I'm like, let's fix you. Let's make you perfect. (laughs) Because I'm a perfectionist and I caught myself doing that. And I felt like God was like, hmm actually let's focus on the 90% of amazing things they're doing instead of the 10% that they're not doing. And so that was a little uh, epiphany I had this week and um, you'll have to go listen to the podcast on how to (laughs) little podcast plug on um, (laughs) how to stop focusing on flaws. Well, I love that because I think it, it can go obviously to your relationship with your kids, your spouse or your partner, your coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's something that can trickle into everyday life, right? And ourselves. And ourselves. So yeah. easy. So easy to be like, uh, <laughs> I should have done this. Or why did I say that? Or, you know, um, yeah. that's one of the things that I encourage women is to, so here's everybody's challenge. Here's everyone's double dare for the day. Write down all the mean things that you say to yourself in one day and just write it in your notes on your phone. I think it's good. It's going to be very eye-opening and, um, 
there are, it's just, I, I have had several women in my confidence courses do this and it makes me like yeah. cry. It is heartbreaking. But when you realize like, I am saying all these things to myself in 24 hour period. Um, no wonder I'm struggling. No wonder I'm struggling to, you know, in, in whatever, in like whatever area, you know, no wonder yeah. I'm struggling to have success. No wonder I'm struggling to, um, be my best self. Like, yeah, if you're talking trash about yourself all day, <laughs> like, yeah. that's not encouraging it's discouraging and we want to encourage ourselves so that we can have more courage because that's how we fear less right mm -hmm. is by having courage and doing brave things that are on the that are outside of our comfort zone that is where success is is on the other side of our comfort zone but how yeah. can we do that if we're just discouraging ourselves all day long raising your kids with this knowledge that you have and you know this course that you're running like do you have your kids go through it or do you you know use these tools on them I try to yes it's so hard I feel like um you know they still struggle with confidence and sometimes it's easy for my inner mean girl to be like dude you literally preach confidence every day why can't you why can't your kids get this right but I just give myself grace like hey they're on their own journey it takes time um, and sometimes, <laughs> spoiler alert, sometimes our kids don't want to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where therapy and like having a life coach, I'm signing my kids up for a life coach that's virtual because sometimes they need another voice to literally tell them all the same crap you've been telling them all yeah. along. So oh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> And sometimes we need that, right? Which is why yeah. I love following you because it's like, oh, Kelly said it. Yeah, okay. But like my yeah. husband can say the same thing and I'm like, you yes. don't understand. You're all whatever. Yeah, like my daughter will come home from, you know, therapy and be like, she said this. And I'm like, I've been telling you this for years, <laughs> for years, but it's fine, you know? So yeah, that's one thing. And I have an acronym. I always have acronyms, Joel. I know. I love it. I love it. You know this about me. Um, mm -hmm. This is my acronym that I parent by, and it's called HAPPY. And it is hugs, ask questions, praise, pray. You're going to need to, got to say a lot of prayers. And then you, got to take care of you. Otherwise, you're I just happy. So, yeah. um, kids need lots of hugs, even teenagers. So I'm always trying to sneak in hugs. It's hard. Why is it so freaking hard to hug a teenager? <laughs> Just because they're taller than you. And it's like, you forget that they still need it. My nine-year-old, yeah. I'm like, give me a hug every day, all day. Like, I, hugging him is the easiest thing in the world. Hugging my daughter, who's literally taller than me. Um, it's like, I forget. And so that's one of them. And then just asking questions to them so that they come to their own conclusions. It's so easy to be like, I'm going to give you all the advice in the world. And guess what? They don't want your advice. It's like a friend, you know, if Joel, you came to me and you were struggling about something, you don't want advice. You want compassion. You want to be heard. Right. You want to be validated. 
you don't want advice. And so sometimes the best thing to do is like ask questions, like, you know, start with the validation of like, oh, I hear you. And like, I'm, that's, that's gotta be rough or like, I know. Um, but, and then say like, what are you, what have you tried? Like, what's, what are you going to do? And you'll find out that because you want them to like come to the conclusion themselves instead of you spoon feeding it to them, which I've done for years. I am a fixer. So I'm like, here's what you should do. And here's my PowerPoint. And (laughs) here's steps one, two, three, but that's enabled them. Like, and so I'm trying to really get them to like, think about it themselves, but holy crap, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially because they're your babies still like, yeah, they're teenagers, but they're always going to be those little babies that needed you. Yeah. So you're like, Oh, just let me take it away. Oh man. Yeah. It's hard, man. When they get teenagers, it's like your problems double because they become your problems because you're like, I am, I I know you're an empath. I'm not really an empath, but when it comes to my kids, I empath hard. I'm like, (laughs) like, I feel that for you and with you, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you're taking on all their problems too. And that's why you need the Y in the happy acronym. You need the you part so that you can take care of you and realize like, it's not my problem. NMP. I always say that too. NMP, it's not my problem. And, um, and let go and let God, I heard this quote that said that parenting is the art of letting go. And it's true. And it's so freaking hard. If you truly want kids that are problem solvers, that are confident, um, responsible human beings, we have to let them experience things instead of being a helicopter mm-hmm parent that enables them all the time and fixes all their problems yeah I mean I'm sure we would all love to my husband and I talk about this a lot because that's really what we're trying to do as parents you know obviously like with our religious beliefs we know that we all have our own individual agency and you Mm -hmm. know we believe that we're here to experience life Mm -hmm. and life like we said earlier is messy it's not that brochure Mm -hmm. so our kids are going to have to experience some messy things and it's going to suck. It sucks to see our kids hurt. You know, it sucks to see our kids bullied or, you know, cry because they miss a friend and they can't see them right now. And, but that's just the way it is sometimes. And I love that you're trying to help your kids develop a healthy mindset, you know, where, you're giving them an opportunity to vent and to share how they're feeling. Um, but you're trying to help them become problem solvers on their own because one day, <laughs> this is like way too dark, but like one day you're not going to be there. No, you know? it's so true. I mean, even when they move out, you're not going to be exactly. there in college to be like, here's what you should do. Step one, two, three, or here's what I will do to fix it. And so the goal is to have them experience the really hard stuff, the messy stuff while they're at home. You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and like let them go through that um, while they're with you instead of, you know, making them live in a little bubble and then 
letting and then being like good luck in the world and the bubble pops and they're like uh like what the heck like I did not know the world was like this you know so we really work from the outs or from the inside out in my family like in my you know with my kids um they I I'm really proud of how emotionally intelligent my children are Mm-hmm. Like they are in touch with their feelings and we do weekly interviews with them every Sunday with every single kid. We just started doing that this year. And I'm like, why didn't I start this sooner? Like, it is so great to have a 20 minute conversation with each one of them and both my husband and I, and ask them like, how are you doing? What do you want to talk about? What are you struggling with? Or things that we want to talk with them about. And we have made a lot of progress in improving our relationships with them, in helping them, you know, just navigate their way through life. So I wish I would have done that sooner. That's great advice. I love that. I love everything you've said so far. Um, Why did you move from Utah to California? Well, oh, and here's another childhood memory I have, Joelle. Oh, okay, go. Was um, I remember when my mom was dating this guy um, as a single mom, she, and I think it was getting semi-serious. So he was from California or his mom was. And so she brought me along because she tried to drop me off at my aunt's house, but I was like, heck to the no, I don't even know this aunt very well. And you're not leaving me here. Um, and so she was like, okay. Cause like, I literally cried and like clawed her and was like, no, like, and so she brought me with her to California and we went to the beach and I like collected seashells. And I was just thinking about this, that this morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, like California makes me so happy. The beach makes me so happy. I love the sunshine. I need the sunshine. We all were struggling with um, seasonal depression in Utah because it can get cold and uh, gray there. And my son was like having skin, you know, eczema and stuff. And his dermatologist was like, he's like, well, you know, one thing that would really help is moving by the beach. And I was like, doctor's orders, Matt, we gotta go. We got to go to the beach now. Um, but so anyway, when I started working online and Matt was retired, I'm like, dude, we could live anywhere. So yeah. let's go. Let's get out of the cold and into the sunshine. And uh, my husband, you know, likes to surf. And then I got into surfing and boogie boarding and mattress surfing. That's really fun. What? You bring an inflatable mattress you know, cheap little inflatable yeah. mattress and you literally like ride the waves on your, oh just, on your tummy. It is so fun. And you can do it with friends. It is the most fun thing ever, Joelle. If you ever come to San Diego, we're going mattress surfing. Okay. Deal. I'm in. <laughs> so anyway, we came, he has a bunch of friends from college that all like slowly started moving here in this area. And we were like, what's so magical about that area so we came to visit we went to Disneyland and Legoland and 
visited his friends in this area and we were like, okay, like it is just a magical place. So then we moved like a month later. We were like, okay, this is where we're moving. Oh my gosh. And we wanted our kids to have like more diversity and um, the schools are a little better. And like, I, uh, my daughter was kind of done with um, high school in general. Like she just wanted to do online school. And I was like, well, let's go try it in California before you, you know, go to online school. And she still ended up going to online school. But, um, but once we got our oldest in like being like, yeah, let's move to California. We were like, okay, let's go. And I asked my kids, I was like, what has been like a pivotal, um, change or moment in your life. And all of them said California. So it was, it was a good move and we're here. We're here to stay. And I just love the idea of, like you said, like living near the beach, Mm. you know, and just like sun-kissed little kids and, you know, hearing the ocean and just being like, Hey, let's go have dinner at the beach tonight. Like, it's so great. So great. Also watching like Real Housewives of OC and of Beverly Hills. I'm like, I got to move to Beverly Hills. (laughs) Do it, Joelle. Do it. (laughs) You know, I'm shocked that you only did like the one month of dance classes because you're such a good dancer. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, Joelle, here's the thing is I decided to just, if you, if you choose to just ugly dance at a party, then no one can judge you because they know you're intentionally doing it ugly. So I shared that tip with Matt and now he ugly dances with me at, at, you know, whenever there's me. And so that, if you want to, if you want to feel confident enough to dance at like a party or a dance or whatever, um, just ugly dance. That's the key. But you know what? You may like start out ugly dancing, but then it actually just gets really good. Do you remember in Nashville, that guy who was like playing the drum on the thing? Yes. And I just like jumped right in. Oh, and like a crowd formed. (laughs) They thought you were part of the performance. It was so good. Oh my gosh. I loved it. All right. Final question. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being here and giving me some of your time. Of course. Great conversation. (laughs) So great. All right. Last question. What are your hopes and dreams for tomorrow? Well, um, like I said, well, I'm just building my empire, Joelle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I really do want to help women just increase confidence. Like in my um, course, I have them rate their confidence on a scale of one to 10. Like I did several years ago when I did that survey. And then after the course, I have them rate it. And the goal is for them to go up in numbers. And that's what happened when I did the course. And so I'm relaunching it um, bigger and better because I really literally, quite literally want you to increase your confidence number. Um, And then, and so, you know, just continuing it with, the podcast. Um, I have a book club. That's been amazing because we all read empowering confidence boosting books. Um, and I've had some incredible authors on there, um, including like Dave Hollis and, um, got some amazing ones in the, 
lineup for the future. Um, so that's been cool to, to do it's free. Um, and then, like I said, a future book down the road and I cannot wait to start. I want to do it retreats as well. Um, mother daughter confidence retreats just to help moms and their daughters be more confident. And I'm actually hoping to run it with my own daughter, who's almost 20, um, and have her kind of help the, the daughters and me help the, the moms. And, um, that's like, that's the ultimate goal. So, um, I'm actually looking to buy a home that I can host my retreats in, um, and also have us an Airbnb. So these are all in the works. Um, and they're going to, you know, it'll take so, several years for them to come to fruition. But like I said, in my post yesterday, you can't Amazon prime your goals. So you got, <laughs> it's just like, you got to make 1% progress. You know, that's what I've been trying to focus on lately is like, what can I do? That's just like 1% of progress. And, and just like, you're just like baby steps every day. Yeah. So that's, that's my future. Okay. So basically you have nothing planned. <laughs> I have no plans whatsoever. <laughs> no goals or ambitions. You're fine. <laughs> oh man. No, that's fantastic. And I love that the 1%, you know, it's not a race. No, we don't want to race to the finish line of life. <laughs> like that's death. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. good things take time and it, these are all, I, I keep joking with my daughter. I'm like, you're look, you keep looking for the fast forward button, but there isn't one like good things yeah. take time. So just keep plugging along, you know? Amen. Amen, girl. Amen. <laughs>